The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, I wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and it's time to recap a wild Thursday night game. The Cleveland Browns. That's right. Baker Mayfield's back, baby. The Cleveland Browns took down Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals 35-30 to in a fun, exciting shootout of a Thursday night football game. Early in the season, we were not expecting this. People were hammering the under for a large portion of the week, and the number came down to 43, and then it shot back up to 45 right before kickoff, and they eventually got to 65 total points. To recap the game, of course, Ryan Wilson here, but more importantly, no offense, Ryan, (laughs) Josh Edwards, resident Cleveland Browns fan joining us, and of course, John Breach, the biggest Cincinnati Bengals fan Second biggest, second biggest Cincinnati Bengals fan. Oh, no, I'm sorry, third biggest Cincinnati Bengals fan behind Nick Lachey and our uh, managing editor Adi Joseph. Oh, ho, ho, that was just me dunking on you because the Bengals lost. I'm also behind John Legend. I love that we brought on our resident Browns homer, uh, Josh, to rub this victory in my face. You guys are mean. You always okay, called us D's. You always, you, said that, you always said you guys are D's, didn't you? You, know, <laughs> you, did. You're like, you guys are mean. Uh, by the way, the Bengals backdoored the plus six. Of course, That's the right they did. 40- they don't win games, but they win you money. I'll tell you what, Joe Burrow covering machine. Two and is he two and zero oh covering with the Bengals dogs? If you got last week, it closed at two and a half, so he didn't. But it was three and a half, three most of yeah. the week. You got, you got it early. Up. He's two and zero. Oh. Yep. Uh, and the over smashed 44 and a half is a laugh, right? It was almost done at halftime, 34 points at half, I think. Joe Burrow, the number one fantasy performer, 29 points. Nick Chubb had 24 and Kareem Hunt had 21. So I would ask you this, Ryan, because neither one of these fools could objectively talk about it. Which quarterback's performance was a bigger story? Don't let me down, Ryan. Don't let oh, me down. By the way, is, Ryan is wearing a Baker Mayfield dangerous shirt right now. Who got that for us? Our buddy. That's right, Big Lou. Thank you, Lou. Came in handy finally. I will say this. I got the shirt on. I love, love, love Joe Burrow. This is going to be a bold statement, perhaps hyperbole, perhaps hot take. This was the most important game of Baker Mayfield's career, I feel like. If he had gone out there and played like he did in week one, 
We're talking about Case Keenum, number one, and then we're talking about who they're going to draft, number two, next year, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, whomever. So that's – I mean, he came out and he balled out. I, I'm sure Josh has some thoughts on how well he played. The one mistake was to touch the, the interception there near the uh, the goal line at, at third or fourth quarter there. With a lead, half. by the way. With a lead. Um, but that said, if they can protect Joe Burrow, and that's a, that's a huge if, I don't know if they – have a means of doing that over the next 15 games without him getting more mortally wounded. Ryan, that's like saying if I can win the lottery, I can move to a mansion. Like, no, they can't protect Joe Burrow. <laughs> well, so, just, by the way, Joe, I, I, would, I would say I don't, what you're saying is not hyperbole. I don't think somehow Baker Mayfield played awful in week one. He's up for a contract this offseason. They have decided it was fifth year option. The Browns, if they were terrible and Brownsy again, could potentially be in the Trevor Lawrence discussion. They've changed GMs, they've changed coaches, et cetera, et cetera. And this was a massive game for them, and Baker played really well. Uh, Joe Burrow, by the way, the first rookie since 1950 with 60-plus pass attempts and zero interceptions in the game is 61 pass attempts, were the most by a rookie since 2001. Uh, Baker finished the game, Josh, 16-23. Oh, I'm sorry, I'll point out. Uh, Burrow finished 37 of 61 for 316 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, a monster game. And uh Baker, Josh, finished with 16 of 23 for 219 yards, two touchdowns and one interception. Did this game restore your faith that the Browns could make a little playoff run this season? I don't know if I'm quite there to say playoff run. It certainly helped after what we saw against the Ravens. Um that's the thing with all these early season games. We don't know what to make of the Chargers last week. We don't know what to make of what the Browns did against arguably the best team in the AFC. I mean, the way that Lamar Jackson looked last week was was absolutely phenomenal. But I thought we saw some really good things from Baker um, tonight. I mean, typically we see him get really uncomfortable in the pocket. He bails out, um, and he's he's always looking to extend plays when he doesn't need to. And we didn't see that tonight. He was willing to take the first option tonight. He looked rhythmic like he did his rookie season. So I was impressed with the amount of poise, the amount of development that he showed from last week to this week. Obviously, the interception has has got to be corrected moving forward. Um, I imagine he thought William Jackson was going to travel with the wide receiver across the field. Didn't think he was going to be on the backside for that help. But he's got to see that. I mean, you can't assume that the corner is not going to be there. But otherwise, it was a great game. I mean, it's crazy to think that, you know, we're talking so highly of him. He threw 23 passes. You know, Cleveland ran the ball 35 times. He 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 throws 23 times. And we talk about throwing, throwing, throwing in the NFL every single week. And Cleveland showed that they can do it a different way. So yeah. let me ask – well, I was going to say, let me ask you this. Ryan mentioned it. If Baker stinks, if Baker is week one bad Baker against the Bengals, who and the Browns lose, hey, breach earmuffs for a second. Um, against the Bengals, who have a friggin' terrible defense. I mean, they're a Jimmy joke. If Baker plays like he did in week one, do you think that Baker gets benched, Josh? Well, first of all, I'd like to take some of the credit for what happened tonight. You know, he's always looking for motivation. Uh, I published my mock draft this morning. I had the Browns taking a quarterback. You know, if we did see more of what we saw in week one, you're going to have to start having that conversation if Cleveland's in a position where they can take a quarterback early. Tonight, you know, we were able to kind of push back that discussion a little bit and wait to see how the season plays out. I don't think he would have been benched if he had played similarly to week one. Um, 
it would have been a little bit more concerning against what we saw from this Bengals defense tonight, but Cleveland has to stick with Baker Mayfield because you have to know if he's your guy moving forward, uh, regardless of the outcome, because if he's not, you've got to move on and take another guy next year. By the way, worth, worth noting, and Josh, negative points for not mentioning this. My mock draft, which came out Tuesday, I had them taking a quarterback 10th overall. Wow. So I get the credit. Josh, you get partial credit. Well, I gotta get, I, mean, I, I gotta say, that's a, like, I'm, I mean, I don't want to pile on you guys here, but what are you doing? Why, I mean, like, are you, you, you clickbaiting? What are you, what are you, what are you doing? I, the Browns uh, aren't taking a quarterback. They weren't taking a quarterback in 2021. They're going to, they're picking up Baker. Mitchell Trubisky's still playing for the Bears. Okay. They haven't drafted a quarterback. You're the Browns aren't now. Baker Mayfield. Should have been the rookie of the year two years ago. If he had crapped the bed tonight, we'd be having a different conversation. You just it, said that. Yes, I, of course. But, John, now I'll ask Breach this. Since we're over here rubbing Baker's back, would you tr- – I mean – That's my massage this, hands, not my – How many people in the NFL would you trade Joe Burrow for right now? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, Not many. I would say, obviously, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson. So those three – no brainer. Phil I would have to uh, Phil Wilson, Andy Dalton. Phil Rivers. I would maybe Andy Dalton. No, not I don't Andy know. Dalton. First of all, anybody I don't know outside of those him. three, I would have to have a long conversation with myself, and I think the answer would probably end up being no. Uh, so I think those are the only three locks. There might be one or two maybes. I don't but, know that Russ. I don't. I wouldn't trade Joe Burrow for Russell Wilson. I wouldn't a second. Russell Wilson would have rushed for 150 yards behind that offensive line and the Bengals would have won tonight. Yeah. And that's the difference there. It's like he's a quarterback who can, who can play well behind this team as it is constructed. There are not many quarterbacks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, But, but yeah, but about uh, 32. Yeah. He's he's going to play for eight or eight more years. He's going to be good for eight more years. Joe Burrow's a rookie. I think, I think we don't know if Joe Burrow's going to be good in the NFL. He looks phenomenal. Joe Burrow's going to be good in the NFL. I would rather have Russell Wilson right now over Joe. of I course, you'd rather have him for this year. I'm saying, tr- like, you're trading him. He's so, yeah, right. I'm saying if I'm guaranteed to get, like- if I'm guaranteed to get five years of Russell Wilson, I'll make the trade. You didn't mention Deshaun Watson. Wow, that. uh, that's the headline, baby. Whoever, if anybody writes, if anybody aggregates this, CBS <laughs> breach colon trade Bengals should trade resident Burrow for Russell Wilson. CBS's resident Bengals fan, Bengals Homer. Would dump Burrow for Russell Wilson. Deshaun Watson it, is on the maybe list. I said there's there's probably two guys on the maybe list. Deshaun Watson's on the maybe list. By the Kyler way, Murray, Kyler Murray would be on the maybe list. Kyler's, Kyler's up there. By the way, I agree with with Breach about the Russell Wilson take because Russell Wilson will play until he's forty, and he will probably play at the similar level. Joe Burrow's great. He is great, and I think we all agree that he he's awesome. Hey, Josh, right now, going forward for the next five years, Joe Burrow, Baker Mayfield, and Cleveland. Come on, Joe Burrow. Oh, I mean, not even hesitation. It's rude. it's rude to a Browns fan. To Guys, ask thanks. That. Thanks for making me feel a little bit better after it's that. Definitely Joe Burrow. I love loss. Baker. It's definitely Joe Burrow. I think Joe Burrow is number three on the list of guy. If you if you made everybody a free agent right now and you started drafting people, and obviously you're taking a quarterback, I think it's Stop. Mahomes, Lamar, Joe Burrow. Stop it. What, why is guy, that crazy? You also are the guy that thought Garrett Bradbury was going to win off as a rookie. That, this, this is irrelevant to the conversation. Joe Burrow. Is we don't know that Zach Taylor is a very good coach. We just we don't know. It's too early in the in the discussion. He's a coach. He is a coach. He's physically a, a football coach. Right. But like Joe, Joe Burrow has it. I agree. He has it. We all agree with that. But the issue is, and to John's point, Russell if you Wilson, put Joe Burrow, if you traded Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, 
the the Chiefs are a playoff team. They are storming that division, and yeah. we're like, oh my god, Andy. They have Reed an has... offensive line and weapons. And Breach's point is that Russell Wilson has made a living out of running for his life and successfully, whereas Joe Burrow is finding out when you don't play with. Uh, five draft picks in front of you and, and, and two first round picks at your wide receiver position, it's a little tougher. Well, and I'll say real he, quick he on does that. Have is at least that, one first round pick. That's Actually, the thing that Joe Burrow. T. Higgins two, is, a, is like the 30 overall pick. Please let me know. That's picks. the really only thing Joe Burrow has done really well is how quickly he's adjusted in two weeks. When he's playing with LSU last year, he had 30 seconds to throw. He had a great offensive line who was just bullying everyone. He had all the time in the world. He had great skill players. He comes to the Bengals, who probably have a worse offensive line. They can't block anyone. He has four tenths of a second to throw. I think that literally shocked him in week one that an offensive line could be so bad and that he, you know, he's taking these hits. And then he had a little time to think about this. He's, he's like, all right, I got to get these passes out faster because these guys aren't going to help me. And he looked a lot better. And, and so I think he is going to get uh, a lot better each week. Um, so yeah, Burrow has adjusted well, despite the fact that the Bengals offense line is trying to get him killed. So I know this is looking forward quite a bit, but can I say this tongue in cheek? AFC title preview was tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly what I was saying. I didn't even have to finish the sentence. <laughs> no, I mean, when Joe Burrow and this offensive line, when they play, say the Steelers, I mean, Again, tongue in cheek. Do you consider sitting Joe Burrow against the Pittsburgh? <laughs> stop players? it! Stop it! No. Here, it's funny you say that, Josh. Hey, Ryan Finley is not offense. going to be some sacrificial lamb. Right. He'll he'll just he'll this opt out. He'll opt out, Ryan Finley. Listen, that Ryan, comes to that. We don't think you're good, but and we are. We do believe in Joe, but we don't want him to get hurt. So we hear, hear me out here. Here's what we want you to do. <laughs> well, I thought, I thought, I thought one of the things that they did really well was, and they did this some in the first half, so it wasn't a complete adjustment, but they, they went five wide receivers, like five wide. And you give Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow is very, very good at pre-snap diagnosis of who he's going to have open when the play happens in those situations. And that's just what he did at LSU. Like he was able to understand what the concepts are, what the coverage is, who he's going to be able to hit quickly and get the ball out fast. And so they're working on that stuff. And I think that's important because you can't let him take, he didn't take a ton of hits. Right? Uh, he took he, there, relative to the pressure. I didn't think he took that many hits. They were eight and counting midway through the third quarter, I believe. And by the way, eight Brenton, sacks, really? No, no hits, hits. Um, Shout out to Brinson for not crediting next gen stats with that ripoff he just stole. Because I was going to talk about the the five what, wides. What, I just, what are you talking about? That's the way to play it off. Here we go. I, I, uh, I just mentioned that they went five wide. I have eyes, man. I don't, what do you want me to like? Well, they the, went five wide a bunch. Yeah, but here's the explanation according Ridiculous. to and next gen stats. Uh, so he had actually two point one eight. By the way, seven quarterback hits according to the NFL. Okay, two point one. Two point one. People love listening to podcasts when, they, when you get interrupted every other word. Uh, 2.18 seconds average time to throw with five wide. And um, he actually, had his zero pressures was midway through the game. The next in sets threw that out there. And when it was non-empty formations, not five wide receivers, he had nine pressures, two sacks. Um, so clearly there was a difference. And it sounds crazy on the surface because – all the pass rushers starting with Miles Garrett and that random guy, number 97, who just kept murdering people. Um, who's that guy? Josh. He's not his, yeah. Is, is he, is he a real person? Where'd he come from? Does Joe Burrow look like an older Macaulay Culkin? 
younger yes. Macaulay Culkin. I guess younger than Macaulay Culkin is now, yes. But um, um, You mean does he look like an older Kevin McAllister? Nice. Well played. Thank you, Breach. You're welcome. So a couple of thoughts on the Bengals offense before we <laughs> move back over to the team that won the game, the Browns. Um, I, I Look, I, I think anybody suggesting that the Bengals will finish above the Steelers in the division is probably <laughs> – Ah, Moron. <laughs> Brinson, you dumped on yourself. Was that the first oh, time ever? Oh, oh. Um, but I do think the Bengals are a couple of linemen away and some, some defensive players away from being a good football team. That defense is not going to be good for a while. Uh, we talked about this in the offseason, I think. When they lost Andrew Whitworth and they drafted Jake Fisher and Cedric in that same draft. Cedric O. Cedric O, it really set them back in terms of protection. And it caused like Andy Dalton suffered as a result. Joe Burrow can clearly overcome the protection issues, but there's only so much you can do when you got Bobby Hart, like matadoring pass rushers out there, just like waving, like, come on, like, come on. He's a third base coach out there. Like, come on through, baby. Come on through. <laughs> and I mean, it's concerning. I, I've been really disappointed in AJ Green. Uh, I, I thought he had a good game last week and I thought it, he flashed. At times, he's 31. He's coming he off the injury. 13 targets and three catches tonight. I, I mean, thought Joe, Bur- Joe Burrow put him in some tough spots. Like, A.J. Green, he's old, like Ryan just said. He's beat up. You know, like, he made that spectacular catch last week that should have won the game, uh, which I won't blabber on about for 10 <laughs> minutes because I don't want to bring that back up. But I, I do think that should have been a touchdown, should have won the game. And he made some good catches early. It did look like as the fourth quarter later in the game, uh, maybe his effort was a little bit lacking. But I just uh-huh. feel like he got tired because he hasn't played in so long. Or you know, he's, he's like, at, man, F this. <laughs> I mean, it was still a close game. Even if he was going to do that, I feel like it would have to be a blowout. You know, he's not pulling a Randy Moss taking taking the plays off. But, I, you know, so I do think it has just has to do with maybe he's not in as great a shape as he probably should be or as he's used to being. And the other thing I will say about A.J. Green and the, the receiving core in general, the thing that surprised me the most is we've been talking about all offseason about, hey, maybe the Bengals could surprise people because of all the offensive weapons they have. These offensive weapons couldn't get open. There were multiple times where Joe Burrow was scrambling where, hey, scramble drill, that's where Aaron Rodgers is throwing money touchdowns. Joe Burrow couldn't find anyone because they couldn't get open. So I don't know that uh, – Josh, you can tell me if you thought maybe just the, the Browns secondary did a great job or if you thought it was more that uh, maybe the Bengals' skill players aren't as good as we thought. Yeah, that's tough. First of all, I thought I thought I was really impressed that AJ and Joe Burrow were on the same page last week. I mean, I didn't expect that out of the gate between those two, but they were. I mean, they they connected on a lot of big big uh, receptions. But this week, I think you have to give a lot of credit to Denzel Ward too. He was all over AJ Green for most of the game. Otherwise, Cleveland's secondary didn't play that well. I mean, Andrew Sandejo did some really boneheaded things. Uh, they targeted Tavier Thomas quite a bit on that first drive. They didn't target him as much. I don't know why they didn't go back to him more often throughout the game. Um, but this is a depleted Browns secondary as it is. You already lost Grant Delpit. Uh, Kevin Johnson, who was expected to start in the slot, has a lacerated liver. Um, and then Greedy Williams has been dealing with an injury for the second consecutive year. So um, I thought the Browns outside of Denzel Ward didn't play that well in the secondary. I was a little bit surprised that um, John Ross wasn't more impactful. I was surprised that 
you know, Tyler Boyd, he had a couple of big plays, but he also had a couple of drops. So he's going to be more consistent for his, his rookie quarterback moving forward. But um, yeah, I mean, I was a little bit surprised that Cincinnati wasn't a more, a little bit more effective down the field. Josh, I think you're the only person on planet earth, including John Ross. That was surprised he wasn't more effective. <laughs> that's well, it's point. just hard to be effective down the field when you have any time. I mean, that Cincinnati offensive line is a disaster and it's, it is a concern, like 60 dropbacks in a game. And I understand that's really the only thing you could do in, in this situation, this game script, but 60, 60 pass attempts in a game is and the very nature of 60 pass attempts is that you are opening your quarterback up to more hits. You're putting more wear. He'll be fine physically with his arm. You were asking him to take some shots at 60 passes. Well, here's the thing. So he's played the Chargers, really good defense. He took a whooping. The the uh, Browns' front is really good. He still has to play five more games in the division, against four against the Steelers and the, and the Ravens combined. So my concern is his health. But also, Reach, what do you think about if Joe Mixon gets hurt, they're they're really in in it then because what's Plan B? It ain't Gio Bernard and Mixon took a lot of wear and tear. I feel like tonight too. Plan B is go five wide. Don't even use a running back and just do that an entire game because you know what we saw that a couple times tonight. We saw Joe Burrow ran a fantastic two minute drill uh, towards the end of the first half. Got him into field goal range. They hit a forty three yarder. Uh, we saw him get him downfield quick. In the fourth quarter, the Michael Thomas touchdown, the Tyler Boyd touchdown. Um, when they open, when they spread things out, they actually do pretty well. I mean, obviously, I don't know that you want to do that on every single play because you need some sort of running threat, especially when you're paying running back two and a half million dollars. But Ryan, your question was what happens if Joe Mixon is out and Josh mentioned Tyler Boyd not looking maybe as good as he should have. I thought he had one of the key drops in the game. Oh man. And you know what the worst part is? RJ and I talked on the preview podcast about hitting Tyler Boyd one touchdown, Tyler Boyd two touchdown, and Tyler Boyd three touchdown uh, props. The three touchdown would have played like 20 to one. The the, the two would have paid 20 to one. The three would have played 90 to one, and he should have had two. Absolutely should have had two. There was first and goal from the one-yard line, just under two minutes left in the third quarter, and it, he, he ran that out route to the sideline, Burrow threw it, and, I mean – it was in his hands. You got to catch that. It's a walk into the end zone. It's an easy touchdown. He doesn't get it. And then the Bengals end up kicking a field goal because they run the dumb read option, uh, which actually wasn't, I didn't like the call, but I didn't hate it. It was just Burrow. You got to give the ball to Joe Mixon. You give the ball to Joe Mixon, you don't lose five yards on the play because Mixon either gets the line of scrimmage or maybe gains a few yards. I thought the other weird call was uh, Giovanni Bernard's touchdown being overturned. Um, I just didn't see the angle where it should have. And then. Yeah, actually, I thought that was bizarre. It was like they came back and it was like, by the way, no touchdown. And they're on yeah. the. And they showed one replay. And uh Joe Burrow, last thing on him for me is that he did make a couple rookie mistakes, which sure. obviously he's a rookie quarterback. I thought the two biggest ones, obviously calling the timeout, not getting it. And then Trey Hopkins snaps it. The snap sails by Burroughs head. This is on third down. The Bengals lose 22 yards. All of a sudden, they have to punt. And I think the Browns got ended up getting good field position, scored a touchdown on that following drive. So that was huge. And then Burrow fumbling it. The goal line stand, I thought, was like when that happened, the Bengals stopped the Browns, the one-yard line. I was like, oh, my God, the Bengals are going to win this. <laughs> I'm going to call all my Bengals fans friends. I have like five guys. I have five. They're, I used to have 100, but they've been – all last name breach. They don't answer my calls anymore. 
So I really thought, and then Burrow took that hit. You got to hold on to that ball. You're inside yeah. your own five yard line. You know, obviously the offensive line is not good. We've talked about that. But if you take that hit, you, you cannot fumble like that in that spot. I mean, I will say that like Miles Garrett strips him and then he got drilled by somebody else. Like there was just, there's number just... 97, the guy yeah. who made his, <laughs> made his money. By the way, I will say that, oh, that sequence that Breach is talking about. That's why you go for it on fourth down if you are the Browns. You have the Bengals backed up. The the Browns had that stupid uh, mm, offside. That's weird, Ryan, right, because Pete Briscoe would kick. Yes, <laughs> and that's why you don't kick. Instead of three points, they got seven points. What do you think Pete said on a text thread when I you told him? You take the points there. You go up by two scores. He said, let's see if I can find it. Madden coach you are. Wait, not Ryan analytics weirdos. He's like, pay attention. Learn the game. I love that. Jamie's reply was 4 p.m. Friday's D-Block. That's when you're on the Brinson Show, Pete. All right, coming up after the break, we'll tell you what the most impressive thing the Browns did on Thursday night was. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. So my vote for most impressive Browns moment was the drive late in the game when they were, they were, it was 28 to 23. Is this going to be my vote for the least impressive moment for the Bengals defense? Right. This is where you felt like, Oh my God, the, like if they could stop the Browns, Joe Burrow is going to get the ball and we're going to win. How many times I was you thinking think, that? I was thinking many, that. How many times tonight did you think you were going to win the game? I'm going to um, wait. Over, over under is 10. Uh, no, 10 really? I would say three. No. I thought after the Burrow fumble and the Browns scored that touchdown, I said, I thought it was game over. There's no way they're winning. Uh, and then we got to this situation you guys are talking about. I was like, well, maybe they can win. They just got to get a defense stop here. And no. And then the third time would have been when the game kicked off in the first quarter. Well, and then like the, the first drive by the Bengals, by the way, 15, it was like they got, they, it was like they're kind of moving. And then you're like, it took them eight minutes to go 41 yards. And <laughs> like they ran 15 plays. That wasn't, that wasn't that impressive. And they got three points out of it. Uh, but to the, to the Browns point, um, the Joe Burrow hits Michael Thomas, not the other, the other different Michael Thomas for a touchdown, makes it 28-23 after a 14 play, 83 yard, five and a half minute Bengals touchdown drive. And then the, the Browns get the ball. It's like, okay, you know, <laughs> you can't try to melt the clock away here. You need to go score. And, and Josh, they go on a six play, 75 yard, two minute drive that didn't feature a single pass. And average 12.5 yards per rush, a mix, a mix and match of Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. Was that as, as devastating as that was for Breach? Was that maybe the most hopeful moment of the night as a Browns fan? 
Yeah, it's funny because, you know, Breach was talking about how, how many times he got excited about Cincinnati possibly coming back. So many years of torture. I was looking at it from the other perspective, like, man, how are the Browns going to blow it tonight? You know, because <laughs> that's what we've seen so many times. But that drive was not totally unexpected because, you know, they're without Geno Atkins. They're without Mike Daniels. You've got DJ Reader, who I think is crim- criminally underrated across the league. But, you know, you, you don't have much depth along the interior offensive line. I think both of those teams were pretty worn down with the injuries that they had sustained along the defensive line. But as long as those guys didn't fumble, I mean, it, it they could have gotten whatever they wanted. And everybody was saying, where's Kareem Hunt in the first half? Well, apparently they were keeping him for the fourth quarter because that's where most of his, his rushes came. And he was fresh. He was effective. I mean, they were able to grind out this victory probably in the manner that they would have hoped to do against the Ravens. But when you get down so big so early – you're obviously not going to get that opportunity. You have to abandon the run. That's what they did. It got pretty ugly. That didn't happen this week. I, I'll say this about the Kareem Hunt thing. I think it's very important for fantasy purposes and just for sort of monitoring the game and for, for gambling if you want to bet on uh, the over. So Kareem Hunt's over-under over rush yard was 43-and-a-half, and we said we loved that on the podcast. I think he it looked like it was dead in the water, and then he just smashed it. I mean, he, had, he, had, he smashed it in the second half. Um, go back and look at Dalvin Cook. Well, actually, you don't have to go back and look because I did it already for you. In 2019, Dalvin Cook had one game with more than 25 carries. Kevin Stefanski does not overload running backs. He believes the sweet spot is somewhere between 18 and like 25 carries. He will go to 26 if he needs to, um, mm-hmm. or like maybe probably go to 30 if he absolutely had to. But I think what you saw was Kareem, Nick Chubb got to 20 carries. And they immediately like flipped Kareem Hunt and put him in there and started running Hunt. And I think there is absolutely something analytical about that, that he believes he can keep a guy fresh. He can make sure they have a, you know, an aggressive runner. And, you know, we, I just don't think you're going to see Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb doesn't need to because he's very efficient. I don't think you'll see him get a, like to 30 carries a game. It's just not going to happen. They're going to weave those guys in depending on what the game looks like. And my guess is that they looked at this game and said, all right, we believe we can get up big in this game. We want Kareem Hunt to come in in a Mariana Rivera role and close this puppy out. I don't, I don't know if they thought they were going to be a big in this game, but I mean, I, I, I take, I take your other, your other points. I will say this. Only that Bengals defense could allow the Browns to in an offense to be all running plays averaging 12 and a half yards of carry. I mean, it was last drive where they sealed things. That touchdown drive was six plays, 75 yards, all runs. That's the that's demoralizing, and obviously the Browns. That's literally how I described the thing, but right before we talked about the drive, the the Bengals were clearly gassed, and I get all that. But I mean, if you're trying to win football games, change cultural, yada yada yada, you gotta you gotta make a stop. But Ryan, they shouldn't have been gassed because prior to that drive, <laughs> the Bengals' offense was on the field for five minutes and twenty seven seconds. They were gassed. They just they, stink. They got a huge break. There was that. Yeah, exactly. They weren't gassed. It was just a horrible, horrible defense. It's basically. The Bengals drafted Joe Burrow and said, look, we don't have an offensive line. Our defense is horrible, but if you could lead us to a Super Bowl, that would be awesome. Um, their, their draft was actually pretty good. They got some defensive athletes, but yeah. By the way, shout out to, uh, RJ White, who was on the, uh, the previous show when we were discussing props. Austin Hooper, he, he said, take the under on Austin Hooper receiving yards, 35 and a half. Uh, the basis of the logic there was that Austin Hooper would be more of an inline blocking tight end. On Thursday night, and he was absolutely that. He was smashing dudes in the run game. All right, that's the show. Thanks hold on, for hold on. We we can't finish this before oh. we talk about the inspirational 
moment that we saw in this game. Joe Buck? I don't, I don't know how Randy Bullock was able to go out there and perform the way that he did <laughs> after what we saw on Sunday. I mean, talk about a gritty performance, the way that he was you know, able to You know, Josh, I don't know if you know what happened to Randy Bullock at the end of the game, but it was it was kind of last week. Hecker the long time. Oh, he missed. He missed. Oh, and he may have pulled a hamstring or a muscle, and there is complete elation. By the way, is there anything more frustrating? Anything more frustrating than, than Bullock hitting every kick down the middle in meaningless kicks when all he had to do was make a 31 yarder to go to overtime last week? 31 yards. And you know what? I even tweeted that everyone in Cincinnati would have forgiven him if the, hamstring or a- <laughs> if the Bengals would have recovered that onside kick at the end. And then it was just, he onside kicked the way he kicked that 31 yard field goal. It was just, it was trash. So <laughs> the, 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 oh, he may have pulled a muscle. Or a hamstring. No. And we made it through the entire podcast without mentioning Odell. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. We did mess that up. Odell that let, Josh, we brought you on the podcast to talk about Odell, and you, you didn't come through. Odell, um, I think he showed that he's not a number two receiver. <laughs> he hit four catches. Jarvis, Jarvis had three catches. I mean, it wasn't like they were wearing out the nah, – No, he said he should have had two touchdown catches. Uh, I don't even know who's in, who's in coverage. <laughs> Was it William Jackson? Just, yeah. I mean, there's a screenshot. He's just pulling his jersey. And Odell's like, you really not going to give me a flag for that? Well, he, William, Jackson, well. William Jackson got burned on that first touchdown too. So he wasn't going to let it happen again. Yeah. I, by the way, that's the, um, goes back, uh, I was talking to Heath about DFS plays for this weekend. It's the old, it's a squeaky wheel situation. Like you knew Odell's going to get some action against the, the Bengals. Like Allen Robinson is going to get some action. Uh, against whoever the, against the Giants. Yeah, Odell, Odell, six targets, four catches. And one of those targets was the, it was an incomplete pat. Like it should have really been, he could have ended up with five catches, 114 yards and two touchdowns. They were like, whoa, Odell is back. Like, yeah, his jersey got pulled. He literally got pulled back from getting the, t- the touchdown. I'll ask Josh one quick question before we go. Is Odell Beckham worth the hassle in Cleveland, Josh, in your mind? Um, Honestly, with as much as they run the ball and what they could possibly get in return if you're able to maximize value, I don't think it's a bad decision to explore what your options would be. I think, you know, if you're winning, then maybe he's going to be happy. Maybe he's not going to make those sideline outbursts that we've seen in the past. So maybe we play this out a little bit closer to the deadline, see if, you know, he's a, he's, he's a team player. He's The Browns are actually winning maybe. Um, and if he wasn't he's not, bad last year, he wasn't, a, he wasn't, a no. And the thing is, he's always good in prime time. So it wasn't, it wasn't a good play to really fade him anyway. I mean, he was great against the Jets last year. Uh, he, the catch, his famous catch was against the Cowboys in prime time. So he always shows up when the lights are on. It's the issue has been what happens in the day on Sunday, which is where you typically find most Browns games. So that's what the issue or- or on Saturday night when the lights are off. A joke? Well, I mean, just, you know, the whole. Can you press the crickets button? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Breach is losing really a lot crickets. this year. Hold on, let me see if we get crickets. You do. He's ducking on you a lot this year. Oh, one was a miscommunication. Uh, <laughs> That's for all the, I can't say the word because then it'll become the recording that he lost of the Chiefs. What What's his name? And, and, uh, and, and the Bengals missed field goal. I got it. Prince is coming hard at me. I got to return it. <laughs> Who's the Chiefs defensive back? Come around with you. 
right. Good job, Josh. Great show. Good podcast. Uh, you're listening to Friday show, Friday, Thursday night's recap, which means Friday by Friday around 10 a.m. You'll have, uh, the picks feed in your podcast. So we hit the parlay last week. Got some great picks coming up. Thanks for listening. See you guys. 